Welcome to the podcast of Grace Crossing Church, where life and faith intersect. When Pastor Gill gave me the heads up on the summer series, Summer in the Psalms, I got really excited. I don't know about anybody else, but I got, I got really excited about it because he said, you can choose anyone you want. So I was really excited, then I got really um, uh, kind of depressed, like, you know, 150 of them. You know, you know Baskin-Robbins only has 31, and I got problems there, so it's like, uh, where do I go here? Uh, and then, don't even get me started on Cheesecake Factory. You know how thick that menu is? It's, it's like culinary paralysis here. I, I don't know what I'm going to do, but um, I prayerfully... I prayerfully settled in on Psalm 119, which is only 165 verse, 176 verses long. You okay with that? It's all good stuff. We may be here for a while, but it's all, it's all really good. No, we're going to look today at verses 97 to 105 on this amazing psalm about the, about the power and potential of God's word in our lives. Let's look at, let's look at these verses together, all right? Oh, how I love and treasure your law. Throughout the day, I fill my heart with its light. By considering your commandments, I have an edge over my enemies. I like that. For I take seriously everything you say. You have given me more understanding than those who teach me, for I've absorbed your eye-opening revelation. You have graced me with more insight than the old sages, because I have not failed to walk in the light of your ways. I refused to bend my morals when temptation was before me so that I could become obedient to your word. I refused to turn away from difficult truths, for you yourself have taught me to love your words. How sweet are your living promises to me. Sweeter than honey is your revelation light. For your truth is the source of my understanding, not the falsehoods of those who don't know you, which I despise. Truth's shining light guides me in my choices and decisions. The revelation of your word makes my pathway clear. And you may have heard it this way. Your word, O Lord, is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Father, I thank you for the beauty and the power of your word today. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're here in the house as the ultimate teacher in the room. And I invite you right now, Holy Spirit, to, to contextualize and personalize this powerful psalm, these wonderful words to each and every one of us that we might all have action points, obedience points that we can take away today to grow in your revelation, to grow in our love for you, and to express your life everywhere we go. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Can we say amen together? Amen. The revelation of your word makes my pathway clear. I like that. The revelation of your word makes my, anybody need clear pathways today? Huh? The revelation of your word makes my pathway clear. And I was thinking, how, how could I paint a picture this morning of, of revelation? What does revelation mean? What does revelation look like? Because catch this, God's revelation is the key to your personal transformation. 
If we're going to grow, if we're going to change, if we're going to mature, if we're going to become, if we're going to walk in freedom and in growth and in joy and in fresh direction, it all starts with revelation. So how can I paint a picture? And I thought of this. Suppose uh, one day down the road, we all headed to the Schuster Center together to watch a theater event. Any theater people out there, okay, to watch a theater event. Let's say we all got tickets to Hamilton. Is that a good thing? Is that a pretty hot ticket probably in Dayton? Hamilton tickets, yeah, they're really, really hard to find. Becky and I, uh, our gift every year to each other uh, for our anniversary is a season subscription to the seven Broadway musicals that come to Cleveland every year. So this is a, this is a pretty cool thing. And we, yes, we have seen Hamilton. Thank you, Jesus. All right. So, um, so, so, um, but we get there and, and, and when we get to our seats, there's just a buzz in the house. And not only is there a buzz in the house, but in a few minutes, the lights go dim and everything gets really quiet and everybody's anticipating. And it's like, what's behind that curtain? What's that opening set going to look like? What am I going to be hit with, with sight and sound? What's behind the curtain? And then the musical score comes up and the curtain rolls back and boom, revelation. That which I did not have any access to, that which I could only imagine, that which I could only guess at, suddenly is crystal clear. I see it for myself because it has been revealed to me and the adventure begins. For the serious follower of Jesus, revelation is key to all transformation in our lives. In our text today, virtually every verse that we read points to the importance of and the power of God's revelation, God's light, God's word in our lives as our only sure foundation to set our course for the future, to navigate this challenging world that we all live in today. But to, but to move from revelation to transformation, there's a key middle step, all right? If we want to move from God showing us something, revealing something that will result in, in, in faith and joy and growth in the future, the middle step, let me read verse 101 again. The psalmist says, I refused to bend my morals when tempted when temptation was before me, so that I could become obedient to your word. Now catch this. If we're going to move from revelation to transformation, personal transformation, there's this little thing in the middle called obedience. Obedience is key from, for moving from God's revelation, showing us something, to, mo- to moving into transformation where we are changed from the inside out. Obedience. Obedience is a, is a lifelong thing, and this, this, this transformation is a lifelong process. Like the little boy, the four-year-old, who said to his dad while he was, watched his dad reading his Bible, aren't you ever going to finish that book? No, because this book is never finished with me. It continues to speak. It continues to lead. It continues to guide. So the Christian faith then, catch this, is not primarily emotion-based, The Christian faith is obedience-based. And as I hear and as I obey, I am changed, and I look a little bit more like Jesus every day. I mean, um, if I'd have only obeyed my parents when I felt like it, I wouldn't have had a very long life on this earth. How about you? 
Huh? And same with God. You know, if we only obey God when we feel like it, we're never going to find those transformation moments that lead us into new levels of freedom and opportunity in God. And, and it's a beautiful thing. Our amazing God has made a way through Jesus Christ for us to know forgiveness and to have real, honest relationship with, with him and to know our hearts changing and receive grace to obey and walk in the revelation of his word. It's a beautiful thing and a gift to us because it brings freedom, it brings fulfillment, and it brings that transformation that God desires ongoing for each and every one of us. Now, the truth is, if God had not revealed himself to us, we'd have zero knowledge about him. Zero. If God had not made revelation of who he was and how he thought through his word, we would have zero knowledge of him, let alone know how to obey him, how to please him, and how to walk in his ways. And this is why Paul takes time in 1 Corinthians 2 to help us understand how God's word came to us in the first place. I'm not going to take time to read verses 10 through 15 of 1 Corinthians 2, but let me, just, let me just summarize the process by which God's infinite wisdom is transferred to, to, to you and I's limited, and that's a generous word, limited understanding of who he is and how he operates. Revelation, verses 10 through 12. Inspiration, verse 13, and illumination, verse 14. Three key words, revelation by definition, the act of God, the Holy Spirit, imparting to Bible writers truths that are incapable of being discovered by man's unaided reason. There's no way we could grasp these truths unless God, by his Holy Spirit, revealed them to Bible writers. Just think of it this way. You only know what I'm thinking right now because I'm revealing it to you. Isn't that right? <laughs> Unless we have some, never mind, we won't go there. In the same, and that's the way it is with God. We only know what he's thinking unless he reveals his thought to us, revelation. But the next step, inspiration, definition, the act of God, the Holy Spirit, choosing correct words from the writer's vocabularies, enabling those Bible writers to pen infallibly the truth revealed. And because of revelation, and inspiration, we have the scriptures today. We have the word of God. What an amazing book. I actually believe in the authority of the Bible. How about you? Come on. Uh, what an amazing book. 66 love letters written over 1,400 years by 40 different, different authors. Uh, political leaders wrote generals, cupbearers, herdsmen, fishermen, doctors, former IRS employees. Matthew. Yet one story, the story of God on a mission with one message for God so loved the world and this one and only message for human beings that can, can meet the deepest needs of the human condition. Friends, it's all right here. It's right here in the word of God. Revelation, inspiration, and finally illumination by definition, the act of God, the Holy Spirit, enabling believers, you and I, to understand the truth that was given by revelation and penned, written down by inspiration. When we read this book, God has to turn the light on. And I just want to encourage you, whenever you 
read this book, that you start out by simply praying, praying, God, by your Holy Spirit, help me to understand, reveal to me your thoughts and your heart as I read these words. I don't even call my quiet time quiet time anymore. I call it surrender time. Because it's my heart's desire to come under this book and under this word and the God who wrote it and passed it on to me that by revelation and obedience, I could experience transformation as a man of God. Revelation, inspiration, illumination. And when that light is turned on for you and I, joy and comfort and sometimes conviction, right? I was writing down the other day and I thought, God, it's a great day when I come to your word and it begins to confirm my lifestyle more than it challenges my lifestyle. Come on. That means I'm growing, isn't that right? It's not, every time I go to this word, it's not just challenging my lifestyle, it's confirming that I'm looking a little bit more like Jesus every day. Joy, comfort, conviction. Yes, conviction is a gift to us, even when it threatens our lifestyles. Conviction is a gift to us, even when it stretches us beyond our comfort zones. But sometimes I think I can, maybe you can, identify with with Mark Twain, who said these words about God's word. Most people are bothered by those scripture passages they don't understand, but for me, the passages that trouble me the most are the ones I do understand. Anybody identify with that? Yeah. But as God reveals and we obey, Psalm 119 enumerates all the benefits of walking in the light, of walking in the revelation of God's word. I I love this. Uh, Walking in God's word, which the author calls, catch this, the word of God, eye-opening revelation, the light God of your ways, God's revelation light, truth's shining light, all the ways that the Passion Translation describes the Word of God. And these benefits, verse 97, our hearts will be filled with light, revelation, understanding, and wisdom. Verse 98, we, we have an edge on our enemies. How does that sound? Verse 99, more understanding than our teachers. Verse 100, more insight than the old sages. Can somebody say Daniel? Hmm? Verse 101, strength not to bend our morals when tempted. 102, to embrace difficult truths. What amazing promises. And listen to verses 103 to 105 one more time. I just, I just love the way that it's written. How sweet are your living promises to, to me. Sweeter than honey is your revelation light. For your truth is the source of my understanding, not the falsehoods of those who do not know you, which I despise, not despising the people, despising the falsehoods. Let's be clear. Truth's shining light guides me in my choices and decisions. The revelation of your word makes my pathway clear. Again, you might have heard it. Your word, O Lord, is a lamp unto my feet verse 105, and a light unto my path. Catch this, a lamp unto my feet. Lord, your word shines right down in my present circumstances. It illuminates my immediate situation. 
right where I am right now. Thank you for illuminating where I am right now. But it's not just that. Your word is a lamp, yes, but it's also a light to my path. It shines down the road. Now, this road is not like an interstate out in Kansas. It's a straight line for 300 miles, all right? No, this is a twisty turning, but God's word not only shines down in my present circumstances, help me see where I am, understand where I am, it also shines on the next stretch of the road for me the next stretch of the journey for me, giving me illumination, like, like headlights on a twisty, turny road at night. You see the next stretch, but you don't know what's around the next curve. But when you get there, it lights that part up too as we stay in his word. Your word, O oh Lord, a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Now, lamps and lights are mentioned in other places in scripture as well. And lamps and lights are mentioned by Jesus himself in Luke's gospel in the portion that we refer to as the Sermon on the Mount from Luke's writings. But let's look at Luke chapter 11, verses 33 through 36. Jesus said this, No one lights a lamp and puts it in a place where it will be hidden or under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand so that those who come in may see the light. Your eye is the lamp of your body. When your eyes are healthy, your whole body is also full of light. But when they are unhealthy, your body is also full of darkness. See to it then that the light within you is not darkness. Therefore, if your whole body is full of light, full of revelation, God's word, and no part of it dark, it will be just as full of light as when a lamp shines its light on you. The words of Jesus, our Savior. And as Jesus teaches on light and revelation, he focuses on two important questions. He's wanting his hearers and you and I to understand, first of all, this light, this revelation, how do I take it in? And the second question, this light, this revelation, when I do take it in, where do I put it? Where do I put it? So how do we take in the light? Jesus said, the eye of of the, the eye is the lamp or the gate of the body for this revelation. In other words, just as our natural eye's ability to see dictates almost everything our bodies do from, from uh, man, from driving to cooking to, to painting to participating in sports or playing a musical instrument, uh, just, as, just as our natural eye's ability to see dictates what our body is, so, so our spiritual eyes. You got some, you know that, don't you? So our, our spiritual eyes are key to moving forward in all that we do for God. Spiritual eyesight. Again, the light is God's truth. It is God's word, it is God's revelation. And Jesus says, when our eyes are clear, when our eyes are good, another version, when our eyes are single, we will be full of light, we'll be full of revelation, understanding, and direction. We'll have confidence to move forward in life. So, so in essence, what Jesus is talking, catch this. <laughs> this is basically for Jesus a word about what we need to do with the word. It's a, it's a sermon about what to do with sermons. Anybody here want to be doers of the word and not just hearers today? Come on. It's a sermon about what we do with sermons, how we process his light, or our question, how do I take it in, Lord? How do I take it in? This single eye, this 
clear eye, literally in the original language, unfolded, unfolded. Jesus' original hearers would have understood this immediately, all right? It was a word picture. It's a word picture of a, a crafty merchant in an Eastern market that wants to sell you a big bolt of cloth. And he folds it and unfolds it, folds it and unfolds it. And you think he's showing you the whole thing, but this crafty merchant is doing everything he can to hide the flaws in the fabric that he wants to sell you. Jesus said, if your eye's bad, the Greek word stigmata, from which we get stigmatism, then the light rays don't meet and match at a single focal point in the eye, resulting in distorted images. If our eye is not single, if we have, um, if we have multiple focuses, if our eye's not clear, if it's cloudy by things of this world, then Jesus says we're not going to take in this light clearly and we'll have distorted images. Stigmatic, an eye with folds in it or, or curved lenses that produce deception and uncertainty in life. So here Jesus in Luke 11 is encouraging us to check our eyes, to check our focus and how we're receiving his light and the words that he gives to us. But Jesus doesn't just stop with the question of how are you taking it in? And is your eye, is, is your, eye your gate, is it clear? Is it single? Is it unfolded so the light can come in pure as revelation? He doesn't just stop there. He says to walk in clarity, to walk in confidence, to walk in revelation. It's not just a clear eye. He says you need to do a heart check too. Or when it comes in, where do I put it in my heart? What do I do with this word in my heart? And Jesus says there's three places that we can put the light when God gives it to us through his word. Three places with dramatically different results in growth, transformation, and confidence to walk in the future, all right? walk into our future. So Jesus said the first place you can put it is you can put that light in your heart under a basket or a bowl. It's basically saying, God, let's put a lid on it. I don't want this word to illuminate what's in my heart right now. God, let's just put a lid on it. Lord, maybe you've never done this. I have, you know, Lord, I, can we just skip this lesson and go on to the next one now and maybe come back to this one later? How I many you know God doesn't play that way? Uh-huh. Can we just skip this lesson, Lord? Hmm. Bowls are a way of keeping the light from exposing what's inside my heart. John Bunyan, the pastor of four, five hundred years ago who wrote the incredible book, Pilgrim's Progress, had this to say about the word of God. Either this book will keep you from sin or sin will keep you from this book. He was a pretty straightforward preacher. Either this book will keep you from sin or sin will keep you from this book. Because this book exposes things in my heart. And Jesus says, one of your ways you'll be tempted is to say, God, let's just put a lid on it now, all right? 
But light is always a good thing no matter what it exposes. It's, it's a gracious thing when God shines his light into our hearts. So the second place Jesus said we could put the light, he says you can, you can put it in a hidden or a secret place, literally a place where you hide things. Some versions use basement, other things, all right? Literally, Jesus said nobody receives the light and puts it in a crypt or a place where dead things are. Crypts in our heart are constructed of the dead things we have taken into our spirits over the years that haven't been dealt with yet. Habits, sins, lies that have been told about us that we have believed and taken in and taken on board. Crypts create shadows with God's truth, they often lead to uncertainty and indecision. Picture a graveyard with me, all right? The tombstones, the crypts. When a light shines through the graveyard in the early morning or late at night, a lot of shadows and uncertainties are created. You know, um, any, any baseball fans out there, any, any golf, golfers out there, anybody like watching the PGA? Some of you do, some of you don't. But, you know, late afternoon baseball games, sometimes it's tough on hitters depending on the shadows on the field as the ball leaves the pitcher's hand. It's hard to pick up. There's uncertainty there. Or a golfer in the late afternoon and he's got a 10-foot putt, it's a lot tougher if he's got a shadow line across his, the line of his putt. It makes it difficult to read the green. Uncertainty is created there. This is what graveyards do, shadows, uncertainties. Um, I'll never forget the time. I was driving at dusk. The shadows were long. And I pulled into my future in-law's driveway and I thought, you know, things, you see things, you don't see things. I thought something jumped out from behind the tree when I pulled in the driveway. And uh, with that split second uncertainty, did I see something or did I not see it? Suddenly I heard a thump under my car. It was Mickey, the family cat. She didn't make it. I killed the family cat. Not sure. <laughs> Becky rejoiced. <laughs> we have this thing about cat. Anyhow, <laughs> I didn't know if I was going to get their daughter's hand in marriage or not. I killed the family cat. All because of shadows and uncertainty and maybe, just maybe, God's perfect will. I don't know. <laughs> Actually, you know, hitting Mickey, I blame Noah. He didn't have to have two cats on the boat. You, you know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, bike, have a nice swim, kitties. Yeah, you know, no. <laughs> Wait a second. Are there any, if there are cat lovers here, I'm, I don't mean to offend you, but for all the non-cat lovers, can you identify with me right now, huh? Huh? <laughs> oh, in fact, when our kids were little, one of our favorite animated movies was an American tale about the mice. And I loved it because I love the song. There are no cats in America and the streets are filled with cheese. That's as good. That's heaven right there. Come on. I killed the family cat. Hmm. Crips, shadows, uncertainty, dead things like 
old hurts and wounds that we've allowed to linger in our hearts create shadows. Old relationships that God has put an end to, but we haven't died to yet, can create shadows. Old dreams and plans are that career path that went south that we can't just let go of to move into the next thing God has for us. They all create shadows. Things not of God that he has put to death, but we haven't died to yet. They stand like memorials to our past. And maybe we're even hoping for a resurrection for some of them. But it'll never happen, and they're just crypts and shadows in our heart. And that's a place where somebody, some people put this beautiful revelation that God brings to them through, their, through his word. The third place Jesus says where you can put the light, he says you can put it on a lampstand. I love it. When you put on a lampstand, it exposes every corner. When you put on a lampstand, Jesus says, you will be full of light. No deception, no confusion, no shadows. Freedom, confidence, forward movement in God. Clarity, not confusion. Revelation and not regret. That's what happens when we put the light of God's word on the lampstand of our heart. And catch this, the scripture says, others will see the light. We then become the lamp that lights the way for those around us that we love and we want to see come to faith. Our lives become the light when we take it in through a single eye and into a pure heart. What comes in purely from God and lights up our whole heart goes out from our heart and from our lives to bring revelation and illumination to everybody around around this. That's good stuff. That's why Jesus said, let your light so shine before men that they see your good works and glorify your father in heaven. So get this, bad eyes and a cluttered heart lead to a twisted reception of truth in Christians. And it invariably leads to a twisted representation of Jesus in culture. But when the light comes through a single eye and into a pure lampstand heart, here's the promise. I love it. Matthew 5, part of the Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall what? See God. Blessed are the pure in heart, the single-hearted. They will see God. And folks, that's not just heaven someday. They will see God as they dive into his word. They will receive God See God every day, light, clarity, confidence, direction, witness. You know the saying, when they walk, they just light up a room. That's how followers of Jesus ought to be as we take in this beautiful revelation from God through a single eye into a pure heart and it goes out from us in a way that we just light up a room for Jesus. Our, our, um, our middle son, JP, serves God as a filmmaker. He serves God with his eyes. With both eyes and heart, he captures God's story in faraway places for a missions organization where, that he works for, creating their documentaries. In a, any given year, besides COVID year, he will be in six to 10 nations a year on, on film shoots, capturing stories of transformation. And he's got a pretty cool gig. He, he's always been into film. He was, what, on maybe... A, 10 or 11, when he bought his first movie camera, he raked leaves to save money to buy, 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 a, to buy a camera, buy a, a, a movie camera. And, and as a 10, 11, to 12-year-old, he and his brothers and his cousins made some of the goofiest movies you've ever seen in your life. 
I mean, they were just flat out goofy, all right? I don't even know if he'll show his kids one day. But, but, but Becky and I, despite the goofiness, we sensed destiny. Uh, we, we, we sensed calling in his movie making. So several years later, playing varsity baseball, uh, he got hit by a pitch in the eye. It swelled up massively. Took him to the doctor, but the doctor said, no damage, he's going to be fine, just the swelling will go down over time. Fast forward six months, and in the fall, he's playing varsity soccer. He comes home from practice one night. He walks in the door, and he says, Mom, he said, I can't see anything from here down. Here up, thank you, dear. An emergency appointment emergency surgery for a detached retina. One of the best in the world at the Cleveland Clinic, Dr. Sears, performed the operation, but it didn't work. And at that moment, we knew this was an attack from the enemy on our son's calling. This is not just a physical problem. We went to prayer. We knew it was an attack against calling and gifting and passion and influence the doctor said the only option now was evasive surgery and that ultimately our son could lose his eye. Except, in those months, Dr. Sears was being shadowed by a Russian doctor who was in the country wanting to practice and recertifying by shadowing this doctor. And this Russian doctor spoke up and simply said, Dr. Sears, have you ever thought about doing this? Dr. Sears said, I never thought about that. A little bit of revelation. It was God's miracle. And 17 years later, our son is fine today. And he's serving God with his eyes and doing God's work all over the world. JP's eyes are a key to his calling his gifting, his witness, and God's glory. But hear me today, you know what? Your eyes, your eyes are a key to your calling, your gifting, and God's glory through your life as well. What happens with your eyes makes all the difference in the world in your walk on this earth before God. Fulfilling our calling and destiny in God begins with our eyes and with our heart. So hear the, word, the remedy from Dr. Jesus this morning. If you have spiritual eye problems, deal with them today. Get single focused, get pure focused before the Lord. Sweep your heart clean and put his revelatory truth on the lampstand of your heart. And as you do, you will see God, as Jesus promised, every day throughout your life. Listen to how Psalm 119 starts in the first two verses. I just want you to catch this. You're only truly happy when you walk in total integrity walking in the light of God's word. Wow. 
What joy overwhelms everyone who keeps the ways of God, those who seek him as their heart's passion. And listen to how Jesus finishes up Luke 11, verses 35 and 36, in the, 34 through 36, in the Passion Translation. The eyes of your spirit will allow revelation light to enter your being. When your heart is open, the light floods in. When your heart is hard and closed, the light cannot penetrate and the darkness takes its place. Open your heart and consider my words. Watch out that you do not mistake your opinions for revelation light. If your spirit burns with light, fully illuminated with no trace of darkness, you will be a shining lamp reflecting rays of truth by the way you live. By the way you live, I love it. So as we prepare our hearts for communion right now, uh, my final questions are very, very simple, but I think very, very important. How's your relationship with God's word today? Second question. What place does God's word have in your life today? Final question. When was the last time God's revelation adjusted your thinking, deepened your character, or brought a change of direction to your life? When was the last time God's revelation through his word adjusted your thinking, deepened your character, or changed your direction? Revelation is the key to transformation, but right in the middle is that tricky little word, obedience. When God reveals and we obey, we are changed from glory to glory. Your word, Lord, is a lamp unto my feet, shining down in my present circumstances, and it is a light to my path, showing me the next stretch of the journey that you have for me. Let's bow our hearts before the Lord in prayer. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Because of Calvary, which we are going to remember here with communion in a few minutes, because of forgiveness of sin, we can have that single eye. We can have that pure heart. God, cause each and every one of us to hunger based on the realities and promises of Psalm 119 and Luke 11. May there be a hunger in our hearts for a single eye and a pure heart. And God, give us a deepening love for your word, God, the word of God your revelation light. Give us a hunger, God, to know and to receive revelation that we might walk this life in a way that brings maximum honor to your name and for your glory. And Lord, as we come to the table of the Lord this morning, Lord, Father, continue to meet with us as we partake of the elements. Continue to speak to us, reveal to us, Talk to us through the bread and the cup. For Christ's sake we pray, amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. To learn more about Grace Crossing Church, including service times and directions, check us out on the web at www.gracecrossingchurch.net. We hope to see you at one of our upcoming weekend worship gatherings. Have a great day.